<laughs> Let's see. I put my Bible over here. You guys all right? You hanging in there with us? We are in our series on Epic, and uh, many of us had the opportunity to be at the Epic workshop yesterday, which was a great time. Uh, we had the ability to hear some uh, other ideas and stories about how God is leading us through change. And one of the things that we are recognized in this process of how we understand as a church that we empower people and we inspire change and how if we're going to grow as a church, it means that we have to grow individually first because we are the church. And so it's as we grow that the church grows. And so as we look at how God leads us to experience growth and change, we understand that we need tools sometimes to help us in our lives. Now, they shared with us yesterday at the workshop that the, there's a theme verse for the epic uh, part of the Vitality Pathway, and that's Hosea 10.12. Do we have the Hosea 10.12 passage? Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap the fruit of unfailing love. And break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness on you. Isn't that an awesome verse? It, it, it so much encapsulates the, the work of growth and change because if you think about how we grow as individuals and how we grow as Christians and how we grow as a church, it's, it's much more of an organic process like farming than it is a mechanical process. It's, it's much more of a slow, ongoing growth and development experience. It's not something where you can just add water and stir or it's not something you can just check the boxes and be done. The vitality pathway, they have told us, is really all about preparing the soil. The condition of the soil is what determines the outcome of the fruit. And people who would just want to check the boxes have to learn to begin to trust that God is with us and can guide us on this process, even when we get confused, when it gets uh, unclear about where we're going. Uh, if you were here with us before, uh, last week we talked about the doom loop. And how when we get into places of change that are fearful and produce anxiety, we often want to go back to what was familiar before, before, even if what was familiar isn't God's best for us. You see, vision and change has to be nurtured and grown, much like a farmer would produce a crop. They shared with us an image of farming. Do we have the image up here uh, we can share with everyone today? There we go. So here's a picture of farming, and, and in, the, in this picture, you see a variety of, of elements, right? You see the soil, uh, you see the farmers, you see a guy casting seed out in the back, you see oxen who are pulling the plow, and you see the farmer guiding the plow on the, uh, on the end there. And, and one of the things I said is, if you're a farmer, you have to understand that it's really important, you have to follow the plow, you see, too often in our lives, sometimes we want to get out ahead. We want to, we want to be the, the leader in our own lives. We want to determine our direction and choose where we're going to go. And so we get out ahead and we try and pull the plow. But, but why, why do you think it takes two oxen to pull a plow? I mean, can you imagine trying to pull a plow, you know, put it on your shoulders and pull it behind? It's, it's an effort in futility. But so much of our lives become drudgery and difficulty because I think we get out too far ahead of God. We think we know best where we want to go. We get out ahead and we're trying to pull the plow of life behind us. And we feel this heavy drag and we get worn out. And sometimes we get burned out. But God gives us 
these uh, images and these tools that we can use to assess where are we on this spiritual journey and how do we get behind the plow and allow the power of God to work in our lives. They suggest in this picture there are uh, five elements. There's the farmer who is the change agent or leaders of change in a church organization. So uh, you would be the change agent in your own life or in our, in our body of believers. We would have leadership or leadership teams. The soil represents a community's readiness or resistance to change. Or we could even say on an individual level, our own heart's readiness or resistance to change. The oxen represent the power of the Holy Spirit to enable the change because we know that we cannot change and, and transform our lives on our own. That's why we need the gift that Jesus has given of the Holy Spirit. He gave his life so that we could be empowered by the same spirit that he had that allowed him to fulfill the mission that his father gave him. And of course, the seed we know is the gospel of Jesus that brings change. It is the transforming word of God, the good news that our sins are forgiven, that we can live into the freedom that God has given us and we can experience the abundant life that Jesus promised. And then, of course, the plow are these tools and these constructs of change. If you've been with us on the series, you know that Kara introduced us to the prayer exercise of praying the compass in the four directions and being able to pray through that as a, as a way of connecting with God and, and getting a sense of the Spirit's leading in any season of life. And, and last week, again, we talked about uh, the, the change from orientation to disorientation and reorientation and the, the danger of the doom loop. These are, these are ideas, these are constructs that we can learn because they're, they're biblical, they come from the stories, and the, we see that in the people who wanted to go back to Egypt. And again, today, the parable of the soils can be a tool that we can use to reflectively pray and ask God, God, reveal to me the condition of the soil of my heart. Is my heart hardened to something that you want it to be softened to? Is my heart open, but, but there's some deeper pain or trauma of my past, these deeper rocks that prevent uh, the roots of your word from going deep in my life? Uh, are, are, is, is, have I accepted your word and it's put down root, but there's all these things in my life that I'm also trying to pursue that are distracting me from your will and are, are choking out the true purpose of your word in my life. See, Jesus wants us to understand that if we can clear out those things, if we can use the power of the Spirit, the word of God, and, and the tools that God gives us through that word to to, uh, to dig up all of those things in the soil of our hearts, we can be free to experience the fruitfulness that God would have for us. The condition of the soil is what determines the outcome of the seed. See, when God reveals a truth or an idea or a paradigm through a story or through his word, which becomes a way of understanding our life in the world, that tool allows us to turn the soil of our hearts and prepare us for the kinds of changes and the deeper growing experiences that God has for us, for greater revelation of who he is, for an expanded harvest and fruitfulness in our lives. Most strategic plans, they say, for organizations fail, right? Organizations, even churches, spend thousands and thousands of dollars hiring consultants to come in, and they go through strategic planning processes, and they come out with notebook-size you know, results, and, and, and most often, those things sit on the shelf, and they never get fully implemented. Why, why is that? Well, John Wenrick, who's our, our director of Congregational Vitality for the Covenant Church, uh, has quoted some other leaders and say that that is because culture eats strategy for lunch. Culture eats strategy 
for lunch. See, we can make all the plans in the world to change. We can, we can have all the dreams of, of new things that we want to do or greater things that we want to do for God. But if we don't allow the, the heart change to happen, the culture that we live in, the way that, that we do things around here right now, what we're familiar with, what we're comfortable with, will overpower that strategy and it will resist the ability to implement effective change in our lives. And we see that in our individual lives as well as in our church lives. In his book called Stuck, Navigating the Transitions of Life and Leadership, Terry Walling says that transitions are important for us because they create an experience of dependency on God. Let me say that one more time because I think this is really significant for us. Transitions in our life that we often experience as negative and painful and difficult are important for our growth and our ability to produce fruitfulness in our lives because it creates the necessity of dependency on God. And unless we're living dependent on God, we cannot experience the kind of fruitfulness that Jesus has invited us to experience. It's in this process that God brings us into alignment with his plan and his will for our lives. Now, if, if you think about this, we, we talk a lot about fruitfulness because we have these images from Scripture. We also talk about the abundant life. Wow, you guys are having fun, aren't you? I'm having to like, get louder and louder. This is awesome. I'm so glad you guys are with us. I'm almost done. I'm not going to take too much longer. Can you guys hear me all right? Okay. We talk about fruitfulness and we talk about... Oh, thank you. <laughs> We talk about the abundant life. You know, John 10.10, which is one of my favorite verses and I think is a, a theme verse for us at Faith Covenant Church, is I have come that they might have life and have it to the full or have it abundantly. And we talk about what is this abundant life? What does it look like? Well, I think what we can learn from this scripture that Jesus tells us about the soil is the abundant life is a fruitful life. Think about that. The abundant life is a fruitful life because abundance is a farming term. And so we often think from our American, Western, capitalistic mindset of the abundant life. And we think about wealth and ease and cars and vacations and all those kinds of things that would be abundance. But that's all things that we get. See, Jesus is saying the, the, the abundant life that brings meaning and satisfaction and purpose is a fruitful life. It's, it's the life that God produces fruit that goes outward to give away to others and on behalf of God's kingdom. And see, when we discover a life that, that is an outward-focused life, that is a, a, a sacrificial giving and living life, then we begin to discover deeper meaning and value and purpose, even when life gets difficult, even when we go through changes, even when we don't know the way ahead and what is clear. The question is, what is God's intended fruit for your life? What is the outcome of your life that God wants to see produced as a result of your growth and your process of following Jesus? What has been the fruit of your life to this point? What fruit is your life producing right now? What fruit would you like your life to produce? Sometimes God gives us a, a passion and a dream to, to accomplish great things for him and his kingdom. What passions or dreams has he given you about what he wants to do with you to make you a blessing to other people? Or even more broadly, we could say, what is the fruit that God wants to produce as a result of the ministries of Faith Covenant Church? I think this is a really significant and important lesson for us in this season because one of the challenges that we have in this in-between time where we're wondering, what is the next thing to come? What will it look like? Because we know where we've come from, and we know we're kind of in this in-between season, but we're not sure exactly what it looks like. 
But you see, the vision and the mission that God has for us will be determined by the fruit that he wants us to produce. The outcome always determines what the vision looks like. And so the, th- that gives us a clue. We can start talking about what is the outcome? What is the vision? What is it going to look like when we fully live into the gospel of Jesus Christ? And we can begin to, I think, come up with some ideas of things that we would love to see God do in and through this place. And once we begin to have images and dreams of, of where God might lead us, we can work backwards and develop a strategy that gets us from here to there based on God's word and how he's leading us forward. What is that fruit for us? What is that fruit for you? As you come to church and you sit in a pew or in a chair on Sunday morning and you imagine, you know, what do you want your experience of church to be? What do you want the experience of faith covenant to be, not only for you and your family, but for your friends, for your neighbors in our community here in Sumner in East Pierce County? Do we have a dream of where God will lead us and what the outcome will actually look like? Because, see, if we don't have a dream calling us forward, then the, the risk is that we get comfortable coming week after week and Sunday after Sunday, sitting here, listening, being hearers of God's word, but never becoming doers of God's word. And the condition of the soil is what determines the outcome of the seed. You see, so we have to recognize that one of the reasons God has you here this morning, one of the reasons God has me here this morning is because he wants to work on the condition of our hearts so that the seed of his word can continue to grow and produce the fruit that he wants for our lives. Are we willing to continue to till the ground of our hearts until we see the product of God's word in our lives? See, I would like to challenge us again in the season ahead, maybe even just for this week. In the same way we had the compass exercise and, and we had the, the doom loop exercise I want to challenge you to, at some point today, tomorrow, this week, maybe each day this week, if you have the time to fit it into your schedule, open up to Matthew 13 and the parable of the four soils and just pray through those four types of soils, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you about the condition of your own heart. I think part of the reality is that we may have all four different types of soils at the same time in some ways, right? So we have to allow God to say, you know, in this area of your life, your heart's pretty hardened. And, and, and you, need to, you need to let me get in there and do some work with the plow to, to kind of turn up that ground. Uh, in some areas, we may have some deeper hidden traumas or, or past experiences that, that we need to let God get down there in and, and, and dig those rocks out and bring some healing and some wholeness to our lives. But that's, that's risky, right? And, and, and it's often painful to think about somebody coming in and, and pulling out those deeply rooted experiences from our past. Or maybe some of us are, are experiencing both of those and we also are pursuing some behaviors and some activities in our life that are, are choking out and competing with God in our life. And God would say, you know what, here's something that maybe you could let go of, even though it might even be a good thing, to be able to be open to experience my best thing for your life. And if we can do this work and allow God to prepare the soil of our hearts, what we will be doing is allowing him to prepare the soil of our church. Because unless we allow God to prepare the soil of our hearts for growth and change, we won't be ready to experience the growth and change that God has for us because culture eats strategy for lunch. 
And so change starts with you and change starts with me. And it starts with the power of the Spirit who is pulling the plow and our willingness to follow along behind, trusting that if we give ourselves to this work, if we employ these tools that God has given us to pray through the Scriptures, to engage with the Holy Spirit, the work of cultivation will happen inside of us through that power at work in our lives. Hosea 10, 12 again says, Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap the fruit of unfailing love. And break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness on you. Would you pray with me right now that God, through his spirit, will shower us with his righteousness.